Yes, Buck fans, this is the podcast that takes you back through all the best games, moments, and players in the history of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is the BuckPower.com podcast. Now, here's the unofficial team historian and your host from BuckPower.com, it's Paul Stewart. Earlier this year, we put a podcast together counting down the top 10 wide receivers in the history of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now we turn our attention to the defensive side of the ball and look at the linebackers in the same way. Now, the Bucs have had some really great ones over the years, eight of whom have made the Pro Bowl and one is in the NFL Hall of Fame. But how many of our top 10 do you remember? And would you agree with our choices? Third drop sets and throws intercepted. Richard Wood has the ball. He is bombed by Scott Brantley and he's hurt. Dan is picked. Intercepted by Shaq Barrett. Gave it away to Shelton Quarles and he's headed for the end zone. Touchdown. Dropping Gannon, looking Gannon, looking Gannon. Those up the middle. It's intercepted at the 30. Derrick Brooks 30. Brooks to the 29. He's going. Derrick Brooks all the way. Touchdown Tampa Bay. Derrick Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. So joining me to talk about the top 10 linebackers in Buccaneer history, and he's watched nearly all of them, either from the stands or on the sideline, is none other than TJ Reeves. Hey, it's always good to be with you. Are you making me out to be old? I think I am getting old, because when you start talking like Batman Wood, Scott Brantley, David Lewis, you've got to have been around like you and I have to judge this. So a fun topic, and I, I know... Uh, that we're going to go over the the greats like Derek Brooks or in the present day, somebody like a Levante David and how good he's been. But it's fun to reminisce and fill in somebody like an Irvin Randall that I might want to mention here or there. It's always good to slip those names in, too. Okay. Dickey looking to put the Packers closer. And it's intercepted. The pass was intercepted by Brantley. And all of a sudden, it is silent at Lambeau Field. Picked off by Bradley. Scott Bradley. They're going to catch him, I think. Dwight Clark's got him from behind. First and 18, and Eric on the rollout. Oh! Eric Hipple. He is bombed by Scott Bradley, and he's hurt. Scott Bradley was a highly rated player for Florida Gators, who many expected to go in the first round of the 1980 draft. Concerns about a head injury caused his stock to fall, and so he was there for the Bucks to take in the third round. He became a starter for the Buccaneers in his third season and remained there for the next five years. He retired after the 1987 season, having played in 114 games for the Bucks with 71 starts. He went on to a career in radio broadcasting, teaming up with Gene Dickhoff on Buccaneer games for many years, and he also worked with some British guy in the late 90s too. Now, his hit on Eric Hipple of the Lions in 1985 remains one of the most legendary plays in franchise history. Taylor in motion. He's hit, fumbles, Tampa Bay has the ball. Running away with it. There's David Lewis, he'll score. Lewis is in for a touchdown. And now he's killing other people. Intercepted by David Lewis, number 57. Reached up and intercepted the Whitehurst pass. David Lewis had played for John McKay at USC, and hence it was no surprise when the former Trojan head coach 
picked his former Trojan linebacker in the second round of the 1977 draft. He immediately made the starting lineup, and he went on to start 60 games over the next four seasons, making Pro Bowl after the 1980 season. His ability to play pass coverage and the 3-4 defence made him a valuable asset in that regard, but he also recorded five and a half sacks in the 1979 playoff season, and he also had 10 interceptions for the Buccaneers. He was traded to San Diego in 1982, and he also played a season for the LA Rams. Now, David sadly passed away in 2020, and former Tampa Catholic coach Bob Henriquez said, you had to experience David Lewis because he really was just a bigger-than-life personality. There it is. Yeah, pressure again, incomplete. He wanted him. I think they're making a rule this. A fumble picked up and returned by Devin White. He's going to go the distance for the touchdown. Sound the cannon. What's coming? Ryan is buried. A huge loss. Devin White came through the first sack of the game. The fifth overall pick of the 2019 draft, and he started every game for the Buccaneers that he's been healthy for. He and Levante David have been the heart of the Tampa defense for the past four seasons, and he earned his first Pro Bowl selection after the 2021 season. Now, being a current buck, Devin, of course, has the chance to climb a lot higher in this countdown should his career continue with the Buccaneers after his rookie contract expires after the 2023 season. So first of all, on number 10, Scott Brantley is my radio brother from another mother. I, I, I began broadcasting and radio career working in around for first ever all-sports station in Tampa Bay and really the first all-sports station in the state of Florida, where Scott at that time was the morning host and later became the afternoon host. Obviously well-known Tampa Bay area, not only from his Buccaneer career, but his Gator career. Uh, much love for Scott and that and, and, and that beat like a yard dog that come out of his uh, you know, vernacular at all times. I can testify right here on the BuckPower.com podcast series. I was in Tampa Stadium when he leveled Eric Hipple. I was in the north end zone. I had binoculars. Keep in mind, Buck fans, we're spoiled in the present day at Raymond James Stadium or all these NFL stadiums, all the video boards. They didn't even have a video board back in the 1980s to see a replay. If you did not see that play live, you had to wait later for the local news and the clips to see that play. The only thing I knew watching it was I saw the help go one way, people go another, and the ball go a third way, and he lit him up. And Scott, if he was here with us, would say – that he has learned over the course of his life and his Buccaneer career that there are over 150,000 people that were in attendance that day at Tampa Stadium because everybody he comes in contact with tells him they were there. I, I however, can confirm it was there. And Scott even hit me with the trivia question. He goes, when did that play come in the game? And I, I, I remember it was very early in the game. He goes, right. He goes, most people that weren't there don't know. He goes, it was the second play of the game. So, yes, Brantley lighting up Eric Hipple, a great memory. Remember that. I can't speak as much to David Lewis from the old-school Buccaneers, but Devin White uh, coming into his own, has made some big plays, obviously a, a big plays in the postseason of the Super Bowl. What other Buccaneer linebacker is heralded enough to be riding around on a horse right after they drafted him? Remember that? Devin White riding around, and the horse has since passed a. He has other horses, but he's riding around on a horse after the Buccaneers drafted him, which is pretty cool. And he's been a horse or a hoss in the middle for the Bucs. My Scott Brantley story is I was on the show with him 
when he was doing the afternoon show. And I lived in a town called Shepparton, but he always called it Shepherd's Town, and he would never change it. <laughs> but then one day I was over in Tampa and I was in the studio, and it was like two minutes to the hour, no sign of Scott. And I'm thinking, am I going to have to do this show on my own? What am I going to say? And suddenly the door opened, down went a hunting jacket, you know, some kind of gun, a couple of dead animals. He walked across, put the headphones on. <laughs> hey, it's Scott Bradley. Welcome to the show. <laughs> uh, he was the king of, of talking about, in other occasion, bare feet and a beer in hand. Can we say that on the on the BuckPower.com podcast? Of course we can. Great guy. Uh, with those with those stories, legendary uh, for those Buccaneer teams that were not that good. But I mean, Brantley would put the hit on you to to um, his dying day. Bobby Bowden said the hardest hitting defensive player that he ever saw in high school slash college is Scott Brantley. No bigger compliment. How about that? Bobby Bowden. All of the players that for him at Florida State or that he recruited in the state of Florida or went against. You pick that name. There you go. Seven. Just a moment. Hand off. Dorsett. Good block from Lawless. Dorsett hit at the 40. Fumbles. Picked up by Tampa Bay. And racing down the sidelines is Richard Wood. And Wood goes into the end zone. No flag. 10 for the Green Bay Packers. Ball is at their own 48-yard line. Dickey. Third drop sets and throws. Intercepted. Richard Wood has the ball. Richard Wood. And he's on his way for a Tampa Bay touchdown on the interception by Richard Wood. There is no player more recognisable from the early days of the Buccaneer defence than Richard Wood. Because he was the Batman. And he had Bat logos on his arm pads and socks during games, long before the NFL introduced rules about such things not being allowed. Now, Richard was always known by that nickname because he once introduced himself in a class as the Batman from Gotham City. He played for John McKay at USC and was obtained from the Jets in a trade before the start of the 1976 season. He started every game at inside linebacker from 77 to 81, and he also then played a further three seasons on special teams, ending his career with 132 games played that remains the fourth most amongst Buccaneer linebackers. Batman also still remains seventh all-time in tackles, and he came back to the Bucks as an assistant coach under Sam Weish before moving into local high school football. Second down and five. They're not sitting on it. And the pass is intercepted. Racing with the ball is Hugh Green, and he's over for a touchdown. After the Bucks took a step back from the playoff standards in 1980, they needed to add an impact defensive player, and with the seventh overall pick of the 1981 draft, they got one in Hugh Green. Now, he had finished runner-up in the Heisman Trophy balloting to George Rogers the previous year, an almost unprecedented result for a defensive player, and he quickly brought his combination of skills against the run and pass to full effect into the NFL. He started all but one of the 54 games he played for the Bucks, and he even came off the bench injured in that one to record a key interception. He was twice a pro bowler, but became seriously disillusioned with the direction the franchise was taking in 1985 under Lee McBennett, and he engineered a trade to Miami in return for first and second round picks. His career with the Dolphins never reached the heights of his early days in Tampa, when he really was one of the best the Buccaneers have ever seen at the position. 
Extra men on the rush. Eagles pick it up. Hurts throws and it's picked. Intercepted by Shaq Barrett. Another one. Pressure from Barrett. Ball is loose. It's out. Still loose and it's recovered by Barrett. Shaq Barrett, the strip, the sack, and the recovery. Now, be honest, how many of you even noticed Shaq Barrett's arrival as a free agent in the spring of 2019 after five years in Denver? A franchise record 19.5 sacks in a Pro Bowl season later, and he becomes one of the most influential signings in team history and popular Buccaneers. He was lost for the rest of the current season when he tore his Achilles against Baltimore, but he already moved into fifth place all time with 40.5 sacks, surpassing the late David Logan. No other Buccaneer linebacker really comes close in terms of sacks of the franchise, and Shaq has done it in less than four seasons. So with Batman Wood, I mean, you can't say enough about the link back to 1979 and him putting the Batman symbol on his on his wristbands. And that was just such a special time and defense under Wayne Bonds. And the and the great thing about Batman is he became a very successful high school coach later on in the uh in the 1990s and the 2000s, giving back to younger players, um, love uh, Batman. And uh, and and look, uh, these lists are always made for comparisons. So what do we what do we have? You have uh, you have Batman come in at seven. I would probably argue with that. Who's in at six? Hugh Green Who's in at, at six? six. Yeah, Hugh Green. Hugh, Hugh Green, who who was second in the Heisman Trophy. Hugh Green, who was as good a pass rusher as the Buccaneers had, even at linebacker. That's a that's a tough call to not have him in the top five. I still. Uh, say to you, and this this highlight is on buckpower.com, one of my first memories of going to a Buccaneer game was against the old St. Louis Cardinals in the 1983 season, the first year we moved to Tampa, and they're getting wiped out. The bad Buccaneers of John McKay are getting wiped out. And Hugh Green, it, with the team down by like three touchdowns or more, maybe three touchdowns or more, jumped in front of a pass for a pick six touchdown. And that was like the only thing to cheer for that day. The offense could do nothing with the throw. Someone, Jack Todd and James Wilder, you only had Hugh Green uh, to go on there uh, with that. And then Shaq Barrett, obviously, when you get the single season all-time sack record, I know it's more of a pass thing as much of a linebacker tackling thing. Uh, but that guy's got a Super Bowl ring. He broke Warren Sapp's single-season sack record. He definitely belongs uh, on the list. Green goes in motion. And Favre has a pass picked off. That's Sheldon Claus. Claus stays on his feet. He could go all the way, and he will. a story of rags to riches then this is it. Shelton Qualls had to ply his trade for two years with the British Columbia Lions in the CFL before making the 97 bucks as a long shot out of training camp and he would make the middle linebacker his own for seven seasons perfectly playing the role of the cover two anchor. He started 113 games for the Bucks. His 196 tackles in 2005 was the third most in a single season and he remains fifth on all-time franchise tackles. He's also fourth all-time in special teams tackles. He now works in the Buccaneer Pro Personnel Scouting Department and remains one of the most popular players on and off the field in franchise history. And I'm very proud to call him a friend.
So the thing about Shelton Quarles uh, is that where he came from, the fact that he had played in the in football, he cut a couple of teams. He made this team scoop by special teams because he was not going to be playing in front of some guys named Hardy Nickerson and Derek Brooke. But kept working hard, waiting for opportunity, eventually became uh, a, a really good, a solid linebacker as part of those Tony Dungy defenses and eventually on the Super Bowl team as uh, well. And obviously, it's on buckpower.com. I keep touting you that interception return against the Green Bay Packers where I didn't think he was going to make it to the end zone. And then Rondé Barber like slapped in the back of the head from the 10-yard line to the 5-yard line. I thought Shelton was going to pass out before he got to the end zone. So I like including on this list. So before we carry on, some honorable mentions for people who didn't quite make the list. Cecil Johnson had 90 starts in the early days of the Buccaneers, and his 174 tackles in 1981 was a record that stood for 10 years. He's also one of the best trivia moments about the Buccaneers, because his brother was the drummer for KC and the Sunshine Band. Irvin Randall, known as the Viper, he won the NFL Hit of the Year in 1987 and was a real force inside in the late 80s. Barrett Rood had almost 800 tackles for the Buccaneers, including 205 in 2009, which was the second most in team history. But simply because all the fans used to go rude after each tackle does not make him into this top 10. Roderick Thomas was a first-round pick in 1989, and he had 26 and a half sacks in his career, 11 in one season, the second most ever by a linebacker to Shaq Barrett. But Broderick was a little bit of a liability off the field and in the locker room, and hence he didn't really come close to making this countdown. Matt Ryan, and it's passes intercepted by Levante David. Fitzgerald on the slant. Ball comes loose. Bucks recovered. Down the sideline, into the end zone, Levante David. The highest ranked current Buccaneer in our countdown and longest serving Buccaneer on the roster now as he's in his 11th season. Levante David has started every game he's been healthy for and he's now approaching 160 career starts, second only to Derek Brooks in that regard amongst linebackers. He's been a pro bowler and an old pro, albeit somewhat overlooked at times for more NFL honours. In 2013, he became the first linebacker in NFL history to record six interceptions and six sacks in a single season. He is third all-time franchise tackles, and his 12 interceptions leads all current Buccaneers. So Levante, one of my faves, obviously, uh, for a lot of reasons, because Stan got win or lose in the locker room for the job that I, I did, and you feel great for different players for different reasons but the fact that he went through so many coaching changes and so many losing and yet it worked out when Brady's Todd Bowles uh, and that Tom Brady guy too all showed up to win a Super Bowl and Levante was still part of the team still in hits and plays and he always has a special place in uh, in the heart of the Reeves household because one of my twins at a training camp one year got to meet him, signed her jersey. She can't fit in the jersey anymore, but we still have it, uh, a pink youth-sized Buccaneer jersey. So we always root for Levante David uh, for a ton of reasons. I got to spend a lot of time with him doing radio shows during the season a couple of years, and to have this team turn it around and be the success they've had recently and kind of of his Buck career, all too fitting for Levante David. Love that guy. the handoff to Reggie Cobb, throws it over the middle, and it's picked off by Hardy Nickerson. 
Some people might say that Tom Brady was the most important free agent signing in team history, but in my eyes, it is no contest. It is Hardy Nickerson. No other player did more to turn the franchise around with his attitude, work ethic and on-field performance than the hardware. He arrived in 1993 from the Steelers and quickly set about establishing a tone, getting into a fight with the malcontent Keith McCants in the very first week of his training camp. He was fiery on the field, but he also produced results for his middle linebacker position, setting a franchise record with 214 tackles in his first Buccaneer season. Hardy played seven seasons in Tampa Bay, starting 104 games, and he made five Pro Bowls. He also remains fourth all-time in tackles in franchise history. Off the field, he was Gene Tekoff's colour analyst on Buck Radio in 2006, and he was also the Buck's linebacker coach under Lovey Smith for two seasons. So a couple of cool things about Hardware. He was in the first ever NFL free agency class coming from the Steelers to the Buccaneers. And so he had gone on his press conference at, at one bug place introducing him. And then they called our sports radio station, wanting to bring Hardy to the radio station to do some time on the radio. And I'm, I'm the midday guy, so bring him to the studio. And I am in a golf shirt. Scoop, you know this. I'm in a golf shirt and shorts, like always, and tennis shoes. And Hardy walks in a three-piece suit. Uh, I mean, he is dressed to the nines, dressed to kill. Uh, before he's ever suited up for a Buccaneer game, he's in a three-piece suit. So he comes in, we're doing the show, I'm getting to know him, I'm talking to him, and he can take the suit jacket off or the vest. And finally, after like the 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 second commercial break, I said, Hardy, you can take the jacket off. I can. I said, yes. I said, it's not in here. You know, it's the middle of, uh, it's the middle of like April or whatever free agency was that year. Uh, so I, I finally remember that. You talk about the guy that the others dote on in terms of character, in terms of who changed the culture. Derek Brooks will tell you, Warren Sapp will tell you, John Lynch will tell you that Hardy was the standard on how are we going to turn this around from being so bad. Hardy being there at 6 a.m. watching film, that became standard for Derek Brooks, all the other linebackers, and eventually that got passed on to Levante David and others. Uh, on on come watch film, be here early, be at the practice field early, day late. The preparation that came from Hardy Nickerson, so well deserved, and I believe he will be up in that ring of honor and should be in that ring of honor at some point, hopefully soon. Because again, he didn't get to experience the Super Bowl with John Gruden in 02. He certainly set the tone for the great defensive players that the Pioneers had while he was around in the mid to late late, uh, 1990s that eventually did win the Super Bowl scoop. Third down and seven from the 34-yard line. Warner throws, intercepted, and this is going to wrap it up. It is Brooks, two weeks in a row. On third down, Redmond throws back. He's got some room. The chase is on. Brooks has got blockers. Brooks is going to the end zone. Touchdown. Down 18. Dropping again and looking again and looking again. Those up the middle. It's intercepted at the 30. Derrick Brooks 30. Brooks to the 25. Derrick Brooks all the way. Touchdown Tampa Bay. Derrick Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. So it's not really any surprise who winds up top in our countdown of Buccaneer linebackers, as Derek Brooks comes pretty close in terms of the best players ever too. 11 Pro Bowls 
a member of the Ring of Honor, and 221 starts in his career for the Buccaneers. Somehow, he did not start three of his games as a rookie in 95. And to think people regard him as undersized from an NFL linebacker when he came out of Florida State and that taking him in the first round was a bit of a gamble. The choices of Brooks and Sapp were a turning point in Buccaneer history. Now, some of Derek's franchise records. 2,195 tackles. That's over 700 more than any other player. 25 interceptions. Fifth most in Buck history, and most by a linebacker. He's got six interception touchdowns, second only to Rondé Barber. He's got 133 passes defence, second only to Rondé Barber again. The next most by a linebacker is Levante David, who's got 56, not even half as many. And off the field, Derek Brooks is one of the nicest and most approachable people you could ever wish to meet. A worthy number one in our countdown of the best ever Buccaneer linebackers. Well, I mean, I don't know how long we have to talk about 55, what he has meant on the field, what he is still meaning to this community to this day. Uh, again, like with Hardy Nickerson, you talk about responsible for changing the culture. He, Hardy, Sapp, uh, John Lynch, those guys, and then Rondé Barber should probably be included in that to help change standard, change culture. But more so because Brooks and Sapp and Lynch and Hardy were together in 95 and 96, and when coach change happened with Tony Dungy, they really flipped it around. And you can't appreciate, I mean, you can talk about the Tampa 2 that Tony Dungy was running, but one of the biggest keys, you have such an athletic linebacker that can go sideline to sideline, hit people and tackle, and run vertically down the field with receivers in Monty Kiffin's defense. That's what Brooks could do, and do it at the high level. Knack for the football, on the interceptions, on the fumbles. Uh, I mean, again, you can go to buckpower.com and watch Derek Heights, Derek Brooks highlights for 15 minutes if you want to. And they're all there because the guy would make a half dozen 10 plays every year, year after year after year, deserve to be on the highlights. So, again, special standard, Hall of Fame player. You cannot say enough about double uh, Derek Brooks, Super Bowl champion. Uh, what he meant to this team uh, and uh, and what he continues to mean to the community because he's still in and around the community. He's mentored a lot of Buccaneers along the way since his playing career because whenever that guy speaks, everybody wants to listen to Derek Brooks, a very valid and worthy number one on your list. So we've gone through the top 10. All is left to me to say thank you to TJ for being part of this. Some very great memories from this uh, countdown, TJ. Oh, some great stuff. Can I slide in? I know he's on an honorable mention. Urban Randall. Urban Randall on bad Buccaneer teams under Ray Perkins, et cetera, was a big-time hitter. I can understand why he didn't necessarily make your top 10, but we got to mention that. It was the NFL Films hit of the year on Neil Anderson that year. Uh, smashed him for a, for a fumble cause. So I, I love these debates and kicking all this around. It's amazing. It's almost 50 years of Buccaneer football, but I love how your list goes all the way back to the likes of Batman Wood and David Lewis and Scott Brantley and comes all the way forward through Hardy, Brooks, and out of Devin White and Levante David. Well done, my friend. And there you have the top 10 from Brantley to Brooks. All 46 seasons have been covered, and there have been run stuffers, pass rush specialists, and generally all around nice guys. Let us know what you think of the countdown on the Buckpower Facebook page and look out for video highlights of the top 10 on our YouTube channel as well.